Well, you know, listeners, you're in for a treat because we have we have a little secret agenda here. We're going to be <laughs> talking to Esther Anzarut, and uh, she is a co-founder of, of a company called GF as a gluten-free hyphen easy dot com, and uh, I just admitted to her that I had not actually tried the products that she said, the samples, because I'm terrified about baking. And she said, what did you say, Esther? I said, number one, that's where we come in. We give you the tools to make you a better baker. And number two, a secret, I'm more of a savory cook than I am a baker. I'm not really a baker myself. (laughs) I do dabble in it, so I get it. I get get the But you have products. You have the products that are, that cover the savory too. We'll get back to that in a minute. Let's yeah. talk about. I mean, how long have you had this company? Well, we we had kind of started with the grassroots. So I started this in my home kitchen about eight to nine years ago, when a member, my son, brought home his girlfriend that came from a different culture than ours, and um, I wanted her to taste our culture. And how do you taste your culture, you know, except through, you know, food? And she was celiac. And everything, all her delicacies have gluten in them. And here she is with this family. And we're actually, to give you some background, we're Jewish, but we're Syrian Jewish, which means my parents actually come from the Middle East. So our foods are... You know, one of my editors, when I was the um, restaurant critic for Pittsburgh Magazine, um, one of my editors was uh, Syrian Jewish, which I, I okay. thought was very exotic. Yeah, it is pretty exotic. So, yeah, so a lot of the things have bulger and semolina and things like that. So my son said, you know, Mom, I you know, met this beautiful girl, and I'm bringing her <laughs> home for dinner. But when you cook, you know, please take into account that she's celiac and she can't have gluten. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> and... So, so I really wanted her to taste our culture because, like you said, our foods are a little exotic. And uh, so I started playing around. And the next thing I knew, I offered them to the local community. And I had no idea how many people were gluten-free in my community. I was totally floored. You know, there was a huge, huge, um, you know, reception to that. But so... What happened was I was in my home kitchen, I moved, and I didn't want to move into my new house, and, you know, we kind of destroyed the kitchen when we cook, so I didn't want to do that in my new house. So I said, okay, I am going to, you know, rent a um, commercial kitchen and, you know, uh-huh. expand the business with so much demand. But then right. when I started sending it, you know, out of town, out of the local community, I didn't have as much success. It was too ethnic, and it was a little expensive. And if you didn't um, understand the foods, say like someplace in Chicago or in Miami, if you didn't understand it, you weren't <laughs> going to take a chance on it. Huh. So we weren't doing as well as we should have been doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what they say is, you know, learn to fail or fail to learn. So we <laughs> learned. We, now, when we you learned say that. we, you're talking about your co-founder, Lily. Yeah, yeah, so, right. So, we, you know, we read the writing on the wall, and we decided to pivot. We said, you know what, we get it. It's ethnic. Why don't we just make the doughs? 
if we just make the bases, then everybody can, you know, autonomize it or create it to, to, to their specificity or their ethnicity. And we actually literally came out with a very good slogan, Canvas for Your Creations. So this way, you know, nice. you can tailor it to, yes, so that you can tailor it to your, what you need. And, it's, you know, it's more streamlined, it's easier. So we came up with um, some pizza doughs. We make a pita bread, and we make puff pastry that actually puffs, that actually tastes like regular puff pastry. And yeah, well, that, that was one I, I was really going to try because um, I, I would never, ever attempt to make real puff, I mean, to make right. the, the traditional but if you're, you're gluten-free, if you're uh-huh. gluten-free, you can't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't exist out. I mean, it does, but we're also kosher. So a lot of the other brands aren't kosher. So ours is kosher and gluten-free. It's dairy-free. It's soy-free. It's vegan. You know, yeah, you've got everything. Out. You've got every base covered. Um, I should and mention that. Right, almost every base, right? So, so that, hold, hold, hold that, on. You, you, you do disclose that, that one, one of your yes. doughs is not gluten-free, right? No, all those, bread? everything is gluten-free. The pita bread is not egg-free. Oh, okay, all right. Okay. Everything is, of course, everything is gluten-free. We're in a totally um, dedicated gluten-free facility, and we're GFCO certified, which means we're certified gluten-free. We're certified kosher, and we are also certified women-owned. So, so we you got it covered. <laughs> you sure got almost, it covered. <laughs> Almost. What else so, can you uh, get? Oh, I guess there's a few other things, but uh, <laughs> we, we and we taste really, really good. And like I said, it's very important that people get to enjoy their food. And you know, that's basically what we're all about. You know, is having a food sensitivity or a food allergy and still getting to enjoy your food and not feel like you know you're left out. No, you know, especially the kids. Kids really want to. You know, people send me pictures all the time of the kids, you know, enjoying, you know, the foods and saying, hey, they haven't had this in years, and they're just, they're just so happy, you know, to have it. And, you know, like know that, apparently because you referred to, to, um, to a member of your family. So your son married this woman? She did. He did marry her, yes. Yeah, so she, <laughs> she inspired she definitely inspired the business. He did marry her. Um, and I think she's very proud that she was my inspiration. You know, but it just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, now, yeah, now it gave me an inspiration. Now, here's the question. Are they still married? Yes, 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 yes. Thank God. Thank God. And the, um, <laughs> yeah, so what we, what we ended up doing was we ended up, in order to make the doughs, um, we ended up hiring a co-packer which means we give them our recipe and they, you know, they make it for us. Exactly. And because, and because we're gluten-free, we also, we can adapt our recipes for Passover. So we also have a Passover line, kosher for Passover, which okay. does really, really well because people really appreciate um, having these items. And one of the things that I did want to bring up is something interesting we do with our pita bread is that we sell it to you raw. We ask you to bake it. Because pita bread, we ask you to bake it. We want the customer yeah. to bake it. So, so what happens when you get your phone wet? What do they tell you to do? 
put it in a thing, a container of rice, right? Because rice is very dry. So gluten-free flours are very dry. Rice flour is one of them. Potato, tapioca, they're very dry. So that means that things get stale very quickly. So if you take a pita bread and you put it in a 500-degree oven, it'll puff up and be hot and delicious and fluffy in five minutes. Mm. Uh-huh. So why not, why not have that? And, it's, and, and let me tell you something. Watching it puff up, it never gets old. It's so fun. <laughs> so that's, was, that's something unique that, that we offer. So. Um, yeah, now, um, the, what did you do before you got in the food, the specialty food industry? <laughs> I, was managing, I was managing a bathing suit uh, business, and um, <laughs> at the time, yeah, I always loved to cook. I always loved to cook. And, it, you know, at that point in my life, I was, you know, I had stopped working, and this came at the perfect time. And, you know, for a while I was very upset that I was not working. And I was, like, crying, you know. I was, like, literally crying, like, every day for, like, a month because it was just I'd worked there a long time. And the funny thing is, is when I started this, I went from crying to laughing because I was so happy <laughs> to have my own business and so happy to be helping people and so happy to be doing something that I enjoyed. Like, I just couldn't believe, you know, the range of emotions that, you know, I went from crying, you know, to, to, to laughing and just, you know, just gives, and, and this is, you know, I'm 64 years old. I'm almost a senior citizen, but I'm happy to say I've found my passion in life. And, you know, I'm very passionate about this. And we work really, we're not gluten-free, and that gives us a huge edge because, you know, we're, in a, we're able to taste what it does, should taste like. And when uh-huh. people are gluten-free, their taste buds adapt and they forget. So, you know, ours well, is Well, you know, I mean, I can't even tell you. I mean, first of all, the number of gluten-free cookbooks that come out that come out are just incredible. Uh, right. The number of products that people send us that are gluten-free and they taste like cardboard. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so many, so many, so many people tell me that. But to go back to what we were saying in the beginning, if you want a gluten-free cookie, it's out there. This bread, Trader Joe's makes gluten-free bread. If you want, you know, something sweet or cake or something like that, everybody does it. But not and not everybody really makes food, like savory food. Right. You know, like a company stopped making fish sticks, and everybody's like, oh, Esther, can you start making gluten-free fish sticks? Because <laughs> it, it's, I mean, I can't, but, you know, the, you know, don't, don't start bombarding me for fish sticks. But, you know, people want to send lunch, their kids lunch to school. Or, you know, mm-hmm. have a snack to give their child, or they want to, you know, have something for dinner. So the puff pastry, you can make a deli roll with the pita bread. You can, you know, you can make a falafel sandwich or a cheese sandwich or a tuna sandwich. You know, it just gives them so much more adaptability to go home or take lunch, you know, or just to, to, to be like everybody else. And a lot of people aren't looking at the savory aspect of it. You know, we make a little mini pizza dough that you can put little mini ramp. You know, a lot of people do a lot of different things with them. They'll fold them. Yeah, I was going to try that one, too. Yeah, how many right. products do you have total? Well, now we have four. We have the pizza doughs. We have the pita bread. We have the puff pastry sheets and the puff pastry squares. But we do oh, have okay. other products. We have other products we just scaled back in order to scale up. You know, make sure everybody likes it. Make sure, 
you know, the public accepts it. And then we, you know, we want to make a phyllo dough, which is much thinner. We have a ravioli dough. We have a wonton dough. We have something called a sambusac dough, which is like another kind of dough delicacy that's part of our culture that we can, um, you know, down the line, we will offer. Which one's all that? Sambusac dough. It's like sambusac. You, you, fold, you put cheese and egg in it, and then you fold it over with some sesame seeds, and it's so delicious. And oh, that sounds so many, fabulous. It is fabulous. And, people, you know, a lot of times there's a lot, like Jews have a lot of fast days where they don't eat the whole day. It's, you know, it's like a breakfast <laughs> or a brisk or something like that. So, you know, we're giving them their, you know, their culture back. And we feel that that's so important. That people don't realize how much we eat our culture, you know, and, 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 and if you're gluten-free, you don't have that option. You just, you know, mm-hmm. you don't, you know, you, like you said, you know, you're stuck in the corner eating cardboard, like what you said, and that's not fun. <laughs> Life is one of, you know, food is one of life's greatest pleasures. Yeah, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, so I, I can't imagine that the swimming bathing suit business was <laughs> much fun. <laughs> you know, something, it, it, it was a little bit fun. I, have a, I grew up in a family business, so I have the business in my blood. But, oh. yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm... But I'm, it's always, I mean, it's like everybody's worst worst idea of having to go shopping for a bathing suit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had a little bit of, you know, advice for people. Like, what part of your body do you like best? You know, let's focus on that, you know, and, (laughs) you know, and and try and help people out. And, yeah, I get it. And now I'm feeding people, so I'm making it harder for them to fit for their babies. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, we we belong to this kind of, it's it's a real low-key um, swim and tennis club, but and we kind of hang out with the group, and uh, people really got up in arms last, not this year, but the year before, because every year I would not be able to find a, a new bathing suit, and, and I was <laughs> wearing this black bathing suit with safety pins holding up the shoulders. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> it was like, so I promised everybody, and it, it was my granddaughter actually. So we went shopping in Philadelphia, and um, I, I was looking for a, a, a certain size bathing suit. And she looked at me, and she says, Nana, you can't wear that size bathing suit. She, she says, I, was, I was trying on bathing suits that were two sizes too big and, and, and wondered why they didn't fit. So it was really oh. awful. So once I got the right size, I, I got a new bathing suit this year. But it, it has to be most people's nightmare of the suits. I mean, you, people come, go into the the. the um, you well, know, the, if you ever need bathing suits, call me up. I'll meet you back there, and we can, you know, we can work together again. You know, so we can, <laughs> I, I still got some of the old tricks up my sleeve, so I can help you out. You know, but, but I help you out. But this is my passion. I, really, that, I, I, I love. I haven't had the. I didn't have the nerve yet to throw away my safety pins. They're very special. <laughs> well, if you ever need a safety pin, you know where to find it now, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, now, when, when you're thinking of expanding, um, it, it, you just said you, were cut, you just cut back um, to get we, everything we right. Cut back on, we cut back on, on, on the um, SKUs, on the, 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 the items that we... That we um, Produce. We we're waiting just to you know make sure that people like them, 
you know, that they received well, and that we're building our brand. And once we've achieved all that, we will introduce more doughs in there. But we had to be prudent and we had to be cautious before we went in there and, you know, came out with everything. So, you know, we decided to take our more, most popular ones and offer, and offer those. And that's, you know, later on we will come out with more. But we are, you know, we're building our brand. Um, people love it. You know, it has a very, very, you know, great, you know, people, they, they, they're so excited. It's easy to work with. And like I said, they're having foods they haven't had in years. You know, I get pictures of little kids eating Franks and Blanks with a big smile on their face. Oh, you know, and that, that it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's huge to be able to, you know, and people, you know, Jews are big into Shabbos and they like to have their deli roll on Shabbos so they can <laughs> take the cup and roll that, you know. And like I said, you know, people want to eat their traditional foods. It's so important. Uh-huh. That's why they're traditional. Because they're important and nobody wants to be left out, you know. Right. And that's where that's where we that's where we come in. And again, like you said, canvas for your creations. Now you you can go in there and you can make an apple strudel or a cherry cobbler or, or anything that you want. You know, you can make a flatbread with pulled beef with some tahina sauce. You know, it's it's you know you get to do it. We don't get to decide for you. So that's well. That sounds you know you're inspiring me. I'm definitely. I promise you, I'm going to bake up some of these. Yeah, yeah, you should, you definitely should. You're gonna like that. I will. I will. You're gonna love them. You have any gluten-free yeah. friends that you can invite over? Um, well, what, what? Where should I start? You think with a? I was gonna start with a puff pastry. That's probably not. I would definitely choice. start with a puff pastry. The puff pastry oh, yeah. tastes better. Do you know how many people tell us the puff pastry tastes better than the real thing? I have the a manufacturer thing. of real puff pastry who says yours tastes better than mine. You know, and I've heard wow. it from a professional baker. You're, yes, it's flaky. It's lighter. It has. A, it's lighter. It's not as heavy as real puff pastry. Really, so it has okay. a very good taste. Yes, it really does, and it does not taste like cardboard. You know, well, that's and good. a lot of times, yeah. The part of the secret of a good gluten-free item is how you blend the flowers, because they synergize together. They work off of each other. Yeah, well, no, I've, told, yeah, I've interviewed yeah. some other people about these alternate flowers, and this is very tricky business. <laughs> they it, it all behave differently. Tricky. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very tricky because different flowers work for different, um, yeah. you know, yeah. different items. And we actually send our flowers, our recipe away from someplace in the Midwest, and they blend them for us, and then they send them back to us, you know, with okay. our recipe. So that's uh, part of the secret sauce there. Of how they're you know come out really good, you know. Okay. We're very and, and there's there's one thing we we need to, to um, tell our listeners about this before we go, and that's how do they get this? Where where do you okay. buy the yeah? Okay, well right now we're in kosher stores. So if you have a kosher store, lo- you know, local to you, like a shop right that has a kosher experience or something like that, um, and we're also available online through the gluten free shop which is uh, spelled the gluten-free shop, S-H-O-P-P-E dot com. And, you know, they could ship it to you from there. Um, And like I said, you know, we're over 100 stores. We're in Canada. We're in London. But right now we're in kosher stores, and we're trying to build our market outside of the kosher or Jewish community. You know, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to introduce our products that way. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, very good. Yeah, like you say, so we're on 
Instagram, gluten free underscore easy. And we're, like you said, our website is gf easy.com, E S E A S Y.com. You know, because we try and make gluten free easy for you. You know, and that's who we are. Well, well, you're you're fun, Esther, to talk to as well. <laughs> I'm glad you're having a good time. You are too. You are too, Anne. <laughs> and I will have I'll have to tell you how it turns out. My okay. I definitely definitely want to know. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for taking the trouble and time to talk to us, Esther. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> have a good time. <laughs> Keep you in too. touch. Bye bye. You too. Bye. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Oh, here we go, and we're just chatting with the founder of this My Delicious Gluten-Free Cookie uh, line company, Carolyn Haler. And um, Carolyn's Cookies, uh, let me let me say that I get a whole bunch of gluten-free cookies. And I could tell you almost across the board, they all taste like cardboard. <laughs> not Carolyn's, not Mighty Delicious. They are delicious. <laughs> Clever name also, Carolyn. Mighty Delicious is great, great name. Um, if you tell us about your company, what is Mighty Monkey Bakery, by the way? So Mighty Monkey Bakery is the previous name of our cookie. Um, that was our original name, and we rebranded this year in January to Mighty Licious, which I think really we wanted something that really resonated more with the name um, uh-huh. or with the product and it was a little bit more um, inclusive. Um, so we are Mighty Licious now. Um, we also incorporated this year, so we transitioned from an LLC under the Mighty Monkey name to the new Mighty Licious name as a, as a C-Corp. Now you were the founder, and, and you mm-hmm. had a reason for, for trying to develop this. Uh, that's because um, you have celiac, right? That's correct. And you also are a cookie lover. Absolutely. Who isn't a cookie lover? I mean, I feel like that's pretty... That's true, too. Universally. Yeah. Um, the, um, yeah, the, the <laughs> everybody loves cookies. Put it out, um, love. Yeah. Put it out. It might be a goal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but anyhow, um, my, I'm amazed. I mean, there's so many things you say about these cookies. Not only are they gluten-free... Um, but you have um, all these other qualifications for making these a good for you, which is right on trend, um, right. food. Um, yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you have, um, let's see, you have vegan, two vegan um, brands. Um, you have um, non-GMO, all um egg and soy free I mean as I'm reading off all of this of course my experience with it is could be summed up that they are delicious and, and just on the basis of that um, I, I will congratulate you but with all these other 
things that you did to make these a healthy, um, delicious snack. I mean, how long did it take you? What? Tell us a little bit about the process you went through developing these, because it seems to me a, a nightmare, hellish task to get this all in one package. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been an evolution. Um, the company is five years now. When I originally created the product, um, it was for me, as we discussed, I have celiac disease, and as you stated, the majority of products out there on the market are not inspiring. <laughs> they don't oh, inspire me to exactly <laughs> want to eat a cookie, let alone anything else that's gluten-free. And I really wanted to create a product that I could enjoy and everyone could enjoy. And I am an active, healthy person. I'm a millennial. Um, I'm into all the vegan, plant-based kosher, non-GMO, soy-free, everything free, but I'm also into flavor. Um, and I just believe that you can make a clean and simple cookie. Like when, you're, when I make a cookie or my mom makes a cookie or my grandma made a cookie, it was just, you know, butter and flour and eggs and vanilla, and there wasn't anything in there um, that's really terrible for you. Of course, consuming those ingredients in mass is not great for you, but certainly having a cookie or two is not going to hurt you, especially if they're made with ingredients that are clean and simple that you can name. And so that's how I started. I just started with a basic cookie recipe. That, of course, failed um, catastrophically because you can't take a recipe that is made for wheat flour and transition it into a gluten-free. Yeah, see, the flour is the first thing that is like a problem. I mean, I don't know how... People manage yes. to convert recipes with these other it's flowers. It's very, very challenging. And I spent probably months, um, if not years, perfecting the flour recipe. But that is really when people ask me how I did it. Everything in my cookie is something you have in your pantry. And because I created these cookies in my apartment in New York City, I didn't do it at a commercial facility or with a food scientist to begin with. I just started with flour, butter, sugar vanilla chocolate chips and finding that flour mix. Have people tried to do it before? What what do you mean? Had had people actually tried to achieve what you achieved? Had they actually done that before and been successful? Or were you unique right from the get-go? I don't know that they've been successful. I mean, I have tried. I've been gluten-free now since 2012, so almost um, over a decade now. And I find the products on the market are not trying that hard. And there's a simple reason for that. Like if you look at the products, whether it's Udi's or it's Partake or it's Lisa's or it's Pamela's, all of these products that have been around a long time were created by a parent who who has a child who has a gluten intolerance or food allergy or many food allergies, and they wanted to create something that they could give their kid and feel safe about. And so those products are better for you, but children don't know any better. They don't know what if they've never had a cookie, they don't know what a cookie should taste like. I wasn't diagnosed with celiac disease until I was 32. Oh, really? I didn't know that you – I thought you would be diagnosed really early. No, many people – Nope. You can get you can be diagnosed as you know, very early on in childhood or you can develop autoimmune diseases are very um they're not something we know a lot about and you can just develop them. You can be fine one day and not fine the next day, which is what happened to me. 
Um, I was totally fine. I ate everything my entire life. And then I turned 32 and my immune system started failing. And we had no idea why. And it took us nine months to figure out the diagnosis. And it was very serious. I mean, I was I was in excruciating pain. My hair was falling out. Um, oh, really? I was bloated. Oh, yeah. I was, I mean, it was terrible. And when I was diagnosed with celiac disease, it was actually a relief because all the things that were possibilities were things like HIV, cancer, all things that you don't want to have to deal with. And when they told me, stop eating wheat, I was like, oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> um, so that was a relief, but it is hard once you get into the reality of not eating wheat. Wheat is used in so many products. Instant soy sauce is, um, has wheat in it. Things like Pepsi and Coca-Cola have wheat in them because wheat gluten is used as a colorant and it's used as a filler. So a spice can have wheat in it. Like so you could buy cinnamon at the store and it could be have spice have wheat in it as a filler. Um, so so many products that you would expect to be gluten free aren't gluten free. And so finding products that you can see, that you can trust is hard. Finding products that you can trust and taste good is almost impossible. There are so few, and I just yeah. Well, this because, is. I mean, I remember. I now I remember how how hard it was um, cooking for uh, my cousin's child who was a vegan, extreme vegan, and I mean, and the first time I really read, I mean, not I always looked at ingredients, but not, not with the kind of thoroughness I had to do to make sure everything was vegan. You have no idea what's in all this stuff until you start reading the labels. Absolutely, and part of that part of that is because, especially with um, ready to eat products, the supply chain is nine months. So you have to be able to create a product that not only tastes good when it's baked, but also tastes good by the time the consumer gets it and opens it. And when you're talking about a product that's vegan and gluten free and preservative free and better for you and simple and clean, that is very very hard to achieve because you have no preservatives. You're using products. Yeah, you say are, you make. You're, you're also. I don't didn't mention that you have no preservatives in yours. Absolutely not. There's no preservatives. There's. I mean, our shortbread cookie I think has five ingredients, and then our peanut butter cookie I think has seven. I mean, it's yeah, really. Well, Peter's favorite is the the shortbread. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's delicious. Yeah, I, I, that shortbread I, I, is a I, great cookie. I was in love with Mr. Walker until I came across you. Thank you. That is the best compliment that I could receive. Thank you very well, you, much. I told well, you. You I know did. him, right? You you must have tried his product. I have. It's <laughs> and I think that I mean it's a very good product. It's been around forever, and it will be around forever. Um, yeah, we it's can. a very we, good product. We, I think that my shortbread is just slightly better, and here's why: we brown the right. butter, so you're getting like that brown butter, really sort of intense flavor, and we use dark brown sugar, so you're getting a little bit of that mapley molasses flavor, but it's still a really clean, salty, crisp shortbread flavor. And it's, I think, delicious. It's one of my favorite flavors. Now, he, 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 to, he told us that he was just completing another factory. So the small really? town where, where Walker's has existed since the very beginning, now, now it has twice the capability to produce delicious shortbread. Well, I will tell you that as good as his shortbread are, when you buy his gluten-free products, you're getting like five ounces, whereas mine, you're getting nearly eight. 
Oh, so he, so, so Walkers has a has a gluten-free version. They do. They have a gluten-free version of their shortbread. It is a very small package. <laughs> <laughs> and a yeah. very large price, no doubt. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, who doesn't love Walker shortbread? I'm a fa- I'm a fan of shortbread in general. Oh, I mean, I love it. Yeah, I really love it. We 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 actually met met him in person before we interviewed him for the program, which we have done. And he he, he was at the Walker's booth at the Fancy Food Show, dispensing gift versions of wow. Walker shortbread. I didn't even know. I didn't even realize that he was still alive. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the son. It's not the founder. He was, he was the uh, last time we checked. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay, so you you did all this research, and what was your, um, you know, wow moment, voila? What was it, and when was it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was relatively early on. In the beginning, I realized that I was going to have to start from scratch, that the majority of research in baking has been done for wheat. And wheat has some very unique properties, which is why we've adopted it um, as our, you know, basic food um, um, ingredient for the most part. And working with non-wheat products in, in baking requires basically starting from scratch. So I started developing my own recipes. Naha moment for me came when I found the right flour. And what I learned through the baking process was that no matter how good the recipe was and no matter how good all the other ingredients were, that if I didn't have the right flour, that it wasn't going to work. Like it was just going to be a disaster. Um, And I figured, figured out, and this is what makes my cookies so different, is that we actually work with the mill to grind the rice flour. So it's very important to me that I not use a free ingredient. I didn't want to use sorghum flour or bonzo or chickpea pea flour, which are the same flour, just different names, or aramanth flour. And these are ancient grains that you often find in gluten-free baked goods across the board. And they're used because they behave like wheat flour, um, but they also have very either gritty or chalky or bitter aftertaste. And that is what makes gluten-free products often very unpalatable. It's the texture and the flavor that comes through from these flowers that are just not quite right and oftentimes not very good at all. Um, and I wanted to use a, ri- a flour base that was based in rice and starches like potato starch and pork starch, all of which are very neutral. And what I learned in Maha moment was I found a rice flour that was milled to the right spec so that the actual particle size of the flour base was small enough so that it could absorb the moisture in the cookie to actually homogenize and create a dough that would bake nicely. So now that I'm mass producing millions of cookies, we actually work directly with the mill to make sure that the flour is ground to the correct spec so that it will actually work in the baked good. And that is well, what. Well, what is it you start with? Um, what what grain do you start with? Yeah, so my flour blend is pretty simple. It is um, rice flour, potato starch, tapioca starch. Um, it is xanthan gum and corn starch, and that's it. Really? Yeah. No, there, no, there's a. Those- 
I threw up books. my hands in despair. We interviewed somebody who wrote a whole cookbook on alternative flowers. And mm-hmm. I couldn't get my head around any of it. I mean, it was I just threw up my hands in despair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, They're it, so it touchy. is... Yeah. It's so, yeah, it is very overwhelming. And not only is the flour important, but the ratio of each flour to so starch is very important. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's like an, an infinite, infinite permutation for the number of, of combinations you can make for the flour. Whereas with wheat flour, you just buy the wheat flour. You're just like, I need some white flour, and then you're done. Whereas in gluten-free baking, you're buying, you know, anywhere from a few different types of flours to you know, 10 different types of flowers and then having to figure out exactly the ratio of those flowers within the blend to make it perfect. And that is a tedious and time-consuming process. Well, how did you learn um, about all of this? I mean, what did you do before? Myself, I worked in finance. Um, baking is actually a very, it's chemistry and it's um, very technical, even more so than cooking. Um, oh yeah, it certainly is. That's right. I'm not a baker. I'm I'm just not yeah. a baker because of that. I think it's, yeah. it takes more attention than, than you know in science than I'm willing to give it myself. It is. I mean, over you have to, to worry about things like humidity and barometric pressure, which are things Uh-oh. you don't have any control over, and they, that can dramatically impact output of your. Yeah, well, it's, it's like I, think, I don't know what your experience with meringues are, but you know. When we lived in um, Australia, uh, I made this wonderful pavlova with this um, recipe, friend's husband's recipe. Uh, it never has worked any other place I've lived. Uh, it's never <laughs> the same recipe. And, I and when my you. yeah, and when my Australian friend was visiting, um, she actually she manipulated the door in the oven uh, with a wooden spoon to deal with the humidity in some fashion so that it came out, the same recipe came out to be like it was produced in Australia. But it was a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, those are things that, you know, dramatically impact your product. When you think you did something wrong, it wasn't you. It was actually the moisture in the air, which you have no control over. So it is, I have a background in statistics and economics, and I love algorithms, and I love forecasts, and I work oh, in finance. Oh, you went to Oberlin? You went to Oberlin? So, oh, no, no, no. Um, I went to Colby College as an undergrad, and then I got my master's degree from Yale. At where? Yale. That place. I, I didn't even hear what you said, Rob. Yale. Oh Yale, I thought that, you know, that was that place. Um, yeah. So and then, you, but you when did you you worked a while and were not satisfied with your job or what motivated you besides? Yeah, no, I job? mean I loved working. I I worked for um, over a decade and I loved finance and I found it very engaging and challenging, but. <laughs> I literally, I mean, I literally, I went to business school, so I learned about the story of Honest Tea, one of my professors in business school was a co-founder of Honest Tea, and learned all about that in business school. Oh, I know them. Yep, very inspired by it. We've interviewed them, too. Yeah. Yep, Seth and Barry, they're wonderful and incredible innovators, and very passionate, incredible businessmen, and so I was very inspired by that, but I never had 
at the time, I didn't have like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to start a food company. That wasn't sort of where my mind was. It was after I was diagnosed with celiac disease. And it was 2017 when I started the company or I came up with the idea, concept of the company. And it was literally because I walked into a store and I bought a bag of gluten-free cookies and I hadn't eaten all day. So I opened the bag in the store and took a bite and it was like, before I purchased them, and it was like, oh my God, this is disgusting. <laughs> Like, I was like, can I put this bag back on the shelf? But of course I did it. I threw it out before I left the store. And that, in that moment, I was like, forget this. I was like, I'm going to make a gluten-free cookie that you actually want to eat. And I did. I left my job in finance. I started testing recipes. I actually incorporated in April of 2017. And by July, I was being onboarded to Whole Foods. That's how quick it happened. Well, you, you also knew your way around marketing, undoubtedly, so that's half the battle there. Um, yes, but, I, was a, I was a former stockbroker, so I know how to sell. <laughs> I'm yeah. not shy about it at all. I mean, <laughs> that's really important, but, but wipe away all that, sweep it all aside, and the quality of the product is really, I mean, I've seen really great marketing campaigns that go nowhere because the, the product, that's not the quality. So yeah, you, and I, you I think it's because I spent um, a decade in sales, and I feel the same way. Like, you can put your best salespeople, and you put billions of dollars in marketing behind something. And I'd worked for J.P. Morgan, so I've seen the muscle that, you know, a company can have. And if the product isn't good, they're not, they might buy it once, but they're not going to buy it again. And it doesn't matter exactly. how good of a salesperson you are, there's no way of getting around a product that doesn't solve a problem. And so when I started the company, I mean, my mission was to make the best tasting cookie you've ever tasted, period, let alone the best tasting gluten-free cookie. That is my mission and that is my objective. And we are constantly finding ways to improve the quality of the cookie, to improve the shelf life, to improve the moisture content, to improve all those things that really make it a good cookie experience within the constraints of you know, it's a ready-to-eat cookie and it has to be on the shelf for nine months and there's a, or a supply chain for nine months. And how do we create the best possible consumer experience within those countries? So well, did you have a mentor? Long, did you have a mentor in this venture? I didn't. You know, it's just been me. I'm just, you know, stubborn and focused. <laughs> it's, it's just me. I was just like, I'm going to do this. And I pretty quickly, <laughs> like, back to the question I was asked, previously has this ever been done before, I quickly realized it hadn't been. So there wasn't someone who could be like, this is how you make a delicious tasting gluten-free product. There wasn't really that level of experience or expertise out there. And creating a great tasting wheat product is so different um, <laughs> that there really wasn't, you know, there's people who I got advice from and people within um, – mm -hmm who I have great partnerships now who really helped me through the process and I always still continue to learn from and grow from, but I didn't have a specific mentor. And um, I would say that even like, I think there, there aren't as very many wheat-based ready-to-eat products that are as good as my cookies. Mm -hmm. um, good. That the, well, we, the passion doesn't... We, we, we agree with you. Thank you. We agree with you. you. We wonder what Jamie thinks. Jamie? Was it, isn't he the CEO of J.P. Morgan? Yeah, Jamie Dimon. 
Yeah, he yeah. Yeah. <laughs> only only people <laughs> only people for JP Morgan refer to him in just his first name. We're like, Oh yeah, what did Jamie do today? <laughs> <laughs> um well, I would love to know what Jamie thinks. We we I should send him a pack. We need to get we need to get you back on the road because where where you're going is much more interesting than where you are. So, <laughs> so, 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 let us let you go, but do 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 keep in touch and make sure we have a, an adequate supply. Will do. I really appreciate the time today. No, Thank you so I mean, much. That's introducing. I, I I don't want to uh, sign off without um, saying um, asking you how easy is it to get your product. I mean. You're in all these stores for sure, yes. but no. Yes. I mean, do you have uh, do you have um, on your website? Do you, you market yes. on there as so well? We are yeah. in many retailers. I mean, we're in Walmart, we're in Hy-Vee, we're in Giant Stop and Shop, we're in Kings, um, we're in a, like 1,300 independent retailers across the nation. But if we're not in your local grocery store, just go to um, Mightylicious. Dot com and we ship nationwide. You order three bags or more, shipping is free. Um, and we're also on Amazon. So if you prefer to order through Amazon, you can find us at Mighty Licious. Um, gluten-free cookies. Well, Carolyn, um, you were a delight to have on the show, and uh, your product is wonderful. You know what you're doing. You're a savvy cookie. I think I read that somewhere. <laughs> and you certainly are. <laughs> so thank you for taking the time to talk to us about it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a pleasure, and I will make sure that you guys keep getting your shortbread cookies on time. <laughs> well, continued success for sure. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Let us know if you need anything else to talk, if you have something else you want to talk about, okay? Will do. Thanks so much. Thank you.